Welcome back to the Mackinac on Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. And I'm Jarrett Scorup. And next up, a bill in Lansing. It's been pushed for years. It's already passed in a number of states around the country to effectively take over what is the Electoral College and have an entirely new system of how the president of the United States is elected. It's called the National Popular Vote Movement. And with us to discuss is James David Dixon of Mackinac Center's Capital Confidential, as sort of the news source of all the news that the traditional media is not going to cover. James, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So give, give us the overview, because this is kind of a complex system of how this works. But how does the national popular vote work to try to elect the president, not based on the Electoral College, but based on the popular vote in the country? Well, it's funny because this system actually would still use the Electoral College. It overlays the system on top of it. So what we have now in most states is winner-take-all, including Michigan. 48 states are like that, where if you get the most votes in that state, you get all of that state's electoral votes. Right. In Maine and Nebraska, they do it differently. They do it by congressional district. But also, if you win the statewide vote, you get an extra vote on top of it. So So 50 states all have some form of a system where it actually matters who wins that state. House Bill 4156 would change that. Because it would enter Michigan into a national popular vote interstate compact. And the terms of that compact are when they have 270 uh, states worth of electoral votes, enough to choose the president, all those states would vote as a block for whoever wins the national popular vote, regardless of the vote in each individual state. So it effectively it, it renders all the other states not joining moot. Yes. This is a blue state plot to select the president for themselves. That's interesting. But so if so, New York's in this uh, compact, for instance, so New York could vote, you know, 70 percent for Joe Biden. um, But if Donald Trump wins the national popular vote, New York's going to send their electoral votes to Donald Trump. And the expectation is their residents are going to be happy about that. I think the expectation is they're just going to get away with it. I mean, what you, you made a great example about the, the Trump thing. Had this system existed in 2004, George Bush would have gotten Michigan's votes despite losing Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we, we have real-life examples of where we would literally be overriding the will of the people of Michigan to join in this national movement. And that was never – what we none of us ever agreed to such a thing, and it's kind of incredible that they're trying to change it with two seat majorities in the Michigan House and Senate. No one's even saying, "Hey, people of Michigan, voters of Michigan, what do you guys think?" Yeah, they're pushing that through. Um, wh- where does it stand right now? Like, if Michigan passed this, a number of states have already passed this. If Michigan passed this, it wouldn't become the system yet. They're, they're, Not yet. They, they need a number of other states to pass it. Do you know where? what's the status of this around the country? Absolutely. So in May, they added Minnesota. So that added 10 electoral votes. So now they're up to 205, uh, which, which is interesting because when it reaches 270, which is enough to choose a president, that's when the, the compact would take effect. So if Michigan were to throw in its 15 electoral votes, 
that would bring it up to 220. So it is realer than people want to imagine it is or, or maybe think it is. It's getting to the danger zone. Uh, in Michigan, it passed through the House Elections Committee. So now it's headed to the full House. Democrats have the votes where they could pass it in the House, pass it in the Senate, and pass it on to Governor Whitmer's desk. And the Electoral College can be changed. It's just that that would require a constitutional amendment. So this, to me, seems like kind of a too sneaky by half measure to avoid doing the hard thing of changing the U.S. Constitution. It seems like there there's a lot of legal problems with this. I mean, is on uh, whether even a court system would accept this as a as a way to avoid the Electoral College. Well, that's exactly it. So you're going to have you know they're going to run into two issues. One, Congress is going to want to weigh on this. They don't necessarily have to get into every interstate compact. But something as big as choosing the president, they certainly would. Uh, Republicans, you know, probably won't like this at the national level. So that's one roadblock. But even if it got through Congress, it would still have to go through the Supreme Court. And I have to think the Supreme Court's going to get these people, their lawyers, they're going to ask them, why didn't you just change the Constitution? I know it's hard, but isn't that the process? And the answer that results is not going to be a good one. Yeah, so you look at the arguments for and against this, and I understand a lot of Democrats who have been dissatisfied with the popular vote being uh, for Democratic candidates and then uh, Republican getting elected because the Electoral College exists. I I get that frustration, but that's a system that we have. Proponents also uh, make a number of other arguments in favor of it. And one of the ones that I found the most interesting, not that I necessarily agree with it, but I do find it the most interesting is – They basically say, look, right now we have a system where everyone has to travel around to only the battleground states. Right. They don't they don't travel. You don't see the Democrats going to Wyoming as much and you don't see the Republicans going to New York as much. You see them traveling to the battleground states of which there's probably a half dozen. And the argument is that. Um, you know, and they change every cycle. But the argument is that if this was enacted, the battleground states don't matter anymore, that they would have to go fight for Republican votes in California and that the California voters who are Republicans who might not show up because they're like, why am I showing up to vote? It's pointless. You know, they might have to go woo them to, to the polls and the Democrats might have to go into Republican states and go to Texas and say, hey, show up to vote. You know, and they don't win statewide there, but maybe they can get enough people. And that pushes them to the popular vote win. Uh, what do you make of that argument, James? Well, I think I think two things are, are likely to happen. One, I think so. So it changes the game. So it becomes about stretching your margin of victory in places where you're likely to win. So you don't want to win 51-49. You want to win 70-30 if mm-hmm. you can uh, because that's that's the new game. So I think it, you're actually more likely to see people go to what's comfortable and what's familiar. I think you'll see Democrats spend a lot of time in California and New York, and Republicans spend a lot of time in Florida and Texas. I, I think that, that the idea of battleground states uh, will probably always be with us, except with national popular vote. And what's incredible about this is Michigan is a battleground state. I think maybe one time since the year 2000, Michigan has not been one. And we actually lost on some of the last-minute advertising. But for the most part, we are. 
And to give that status away and and turn into just flyover country, doesn't matter how those people vote, California will decide how they how their votes are awarded. It it's it's just not a good system. It's not something that's gonna make us a more powerful state. It's gonna make us weaker at a time we're already losing seats in Congress. Right. One of the other real quick, we have about a minute left, but one of the other things that I've I've thought about in this and I've heard other people talk about is how do you deal with a recount? I mean, we've dealt with recounts on the presidential level. I mean, nobody's going to forget Bush v. Gore and the hanging chads. How do you deal with a recount at a national level for a presidential campaign when you're looking at a popular vote system? It would essentially make America unrecountable. So, you know, and, and, and the other thing is secretaries of state would have this great role uh, they'd make these subjective determinations of who won. This completely removes the people from the process. It makes it more of an elite-focused process. It makes it more a selection than an election. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of hand the power over. Um, and even if your person wins a state, you might be a delegate, and you're not going to pick. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know in, in two, three weeks who won. Right. <laughs> Right. We have a habit about that as well, maybe in Wayne County, too. Uh, James David Dixon with Michigan Capital Confidential. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. And and you should check out Michigan Capital Confidential uh, for all the news that is not reported by the regular news. It's a project of the Mackinac Center, michigancapitalconfidential.com. And we will be back after a brief break with more of the Mackinac on Michigan show here on WJR.